0: Welcome to more than a few words of marketing conversation for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and at Round Peg, we help small businesses become big businesses. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Allison Carter. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. What is up, everybody? This morning, we are really excited. We've got a little different show this morning. We've got Alan Glassick of WDD and four hundred one 403 Security. Um and Alan just a little bit about him and then I'm gonna let him tell you a little bit more. Um but he's a serial entrepreneur and um he defi- describes himself as a geek turned business owner. And um he's got a, a pretty lengthy list of companies that he has been involved in and most recently this four oh three Web Security Venture. Um but I'll let him tell you a little bit more. Good morning, Alan.
1: Good morning, everybody.
0: Um, of all the things that you've done, I mean, and this is a career that goes back to the uh, to the days when you were a Bell Labs fellow, what do you think was the most fun or the most interesting project you've been uh, involved in? <clears throat> uh,
1: actually, there were. Too the the first one was back in the early early days of, uh, of personal computing. We had developed the some of the first high color and, and spatial graphic uh, cards for personal computers, and it was just a fascinating world because it was the beginning of the IBM computer phase. And we I got to travel all around the world selling our product. Uh the, the the second and and one that I enjoy because I am a a, a geek turned uh, uh, business owner. It's, it's it security is. Uh, uh, f- what four or three web security represents is just a fascinating field to, to work in. If we think about the cyber wars that are working behind the, the scenes, it's uh, cyber crime. is, is, uh, is a, in, in the United States, it's a thirty billion dollar industry per year. Uh, uh, a, and there are the good guys, the bad guys, the black hats, the, the white hats. And just to watch the cyber wars below the surface is fascinating, and the technology just uh, fits exactly where I am.
0: Well, and and, fa- you know, fascinating from a, um, an academic standpoint, and I will tell you frightening wow. from, from the world of a small business owner, um, I uh, uh, have been really frustrated, and, and it seems like even more so in recent months, with some of the the hacking and, and viruses that are um, attacking some of our client sites. And um, there was an alarming statistic that uh, – that you guys sent us, that, that more than 70% of all websites have critical security flaws. Uh,
1: th- th- that's correct. That's a, th- that's a piece of it, of course, is the fact that websites can easily be hacked by professionals, as well as script kitties. And script kitties are young folks who, you know, decide that instead of doing Xbox and, uh, Xbox in a particular evening, they're just going to run uh, uh, canned scripts and see what websites they can't hack for fun and, and, and gaining points with their friends.
2: About you know these script kiddies and these professionals and anonymous and all these groups hacking major credit card companies' websites, even even huge governmental sites, even the CIA and the FBI. What chance does a small business owner have against keeping malicious attacks like that out of their site?
1: I always like to, to, to say the quote if we look at the, the, the big guys getting hacked. If if China wants your data, China's going to get your data because they've got a huge resources behind it. But even for small businesses, it's uh, you know one, one does not need to look up and say, you know, uh, uh, don't even bother because it's hopeless or I'm too small to even care. It's uh, If small businesses pay attention to security at all, uh, then they'll take themselves off the low-hanging fruit level. And low-hanging fruit is the people that get hacked first by the script getting.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, some of that low-hanging fruit. Um, what what kinds of things should every small business owner do as part of their regular routine to protect um, their data, to protect their website?
1: Um, first of all, when, when a website is built, uh, what small, owners, small business owners never ask when they look at the design firms and development firms, they never ask, is it going to be secure? Because they don't know enough to ask. Uh, the next time a web owner, a web owner, uh, a business owner develops a website, they, he needs to look the development team in the eye and say, is it going to be secure? And when they say yes, he needs to say, you need to prove it to me. No one ever asks, and that's why 70% of the sites in the world are, are easily hacked.
0: So they need to ask. Good starting point. Um, And and a lot of business owners are, you know, using standard platforms, things like WordPress. Um, Is it reasonable to assume that uh, those folks are building the security in?
1: Uh, WordPress as an inherent site can be secure. Uh, but what happens is, uh, as modifications are made to WordPress by the designers and developers, uh, they install plugins that they, they make it uh, insecure. So even a a very secure site to start off with will become, as it ages, will become insecure or be made insecure by additions that people put on top of it. So.
0: It's okay. Um, and then you had a good checklist of things. What do you do if you have been hacked?
1: Uh, well, the first thing you need to do when, when you're hacked is 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 don't panic, uh, and, and that's that's easy to say from this side. Uh, but if if people panic, they put out a press release or they tell other clients that they're in in deep trouble uh, without getting all the information about what's been hacked, what's been stolen, has it been critical or not? Uh, you know, re- relax, take a couple of days, call in some experts, and figure out what really happened before you make a, a release to the outside world.
0: Got it. Um, is there, uh, you know, things like backing up your data? I mean, that that allow you to restore. How often do you recommend, you know, people do that? How often should they um, uh, check to make sure their system hasn't been hacked?
1: Well, as to your first question is, is, people need to back up their, their their data? They need to back up their website on on a, on a nightly basis. Uh, even a WordPress site—you know, you, you never put a WordPress site up and, and not have a backup because the script kiddie comes along and hacks it. You know, he or she might delete the entire WordPress site, and then, then then where are you? So you need to back up your your data on on a nightly basis. Um, you know, and uh, other things you need to pay attention to is, is after you've been hacked, it's uh, uh, you know. And maybe they've not defaced your site. Maybe they've not done anything bad. Is you need to prepare your systems. A lot of folks will say, "Oh my gosh, I got hacked," but but don't do anything about it. They're going to get hacked again and again. And, uh, so people need to to take proactive action to to make sure that the hacks have been that the vulnerability has been repaired.
2: So that's kind of the computer-based side of hacking. But there's actually this whole other world of Digital vulnerability um, that has nothing to do with writing a single line of code. Talk to us about this social engineering.
1: Social engineering is actually the the biggest part of uh, of uh, security these days. It's uh, um, for instance, let's take an easy easy example. You, you you call into a large company and you can you know get some internal folks just by randomly calling numbers. And you start off as a board IT guy and you say, oh my gosh, you know I've got an IT ticket here. What's the problem? And everybody has an IT ticket. So somebody's going to respond, say, yeah, we've got a problem with our, our, our system. And then the board IT guy says, okay, what are your logins? You know, how do I get into the system so I can take a look at it? And the person on the other line of phone you will know, we'll, we'll gladly give them every login that, that they, they know. Uh, you know, so social engineering is sophisticated con people uh, who, you know, are really good at, at wheedling the information out of folks.
2: And it's really fascinating. There was a story on, uh, on NPR a few months ago about where they actually had a social engineering contest at a hackathon where they put people in a phone booth and timed them to see how quickly they could talk this information out of huge Fortune 500 companies that would essentially allow them to disable their entire websites. And people could do it in under 10 minutes flat just oh, like yeah,
1: it's, making it's a- phone calls. Yeah it was uh, and it was uh, they they a hacker would gain points about uh, as what he could get it was my like capture the flag they would gain points upon by based upon what flag they got these guys are really good uh you know they they will look up all aspects of the company before they make the call they will make sure they know who the president is the IT folks They'll make sure what products are being sold so they can talk like a, either a real employee or a client or or somebody who really understands the business uh And it goes back to the the, the con men of of people a while back who could talk grandmothers out of their their life savings. These guys are the same.
0: I mean, you know, you're talking about a skill set that has simply transitioned um, uh, online. Um, I mean, basically, you know, it's an interesting parallel. I tell people that marketing hasn't changed in 50 years. The tools have changed, but the principles haven't. And so I would argue that um, the art of being a con man hasn't really changed in 50 years. It's just the tools they're using to do it these days.
1: Um, That's entirely true. The the other aspect is that the rewards are much, much larger. Uh, Absolutely. A a, a database of credit card numbers, for instance, uh, a a credit card number can be sold in the black market for $50 to $100 uh, uh, to, to people who are going to use it. So somebody who hacks into a large database of credit card numbers, he or she might be looking at hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars. Email addresses, uh, all sorts of information is being sold on, on cyber black markets for enormous profits.
2: Now, where is most of this happening? Do these attacks usually originate domestically, or are these coming from India and China and, and kind of those develop, and even Russia, some of those developing markets that maybe some of us associate. More a little bit with that kind of thing, or is it right here in the US?
1: Uh, the, the interesting thing about hacking, either you know, social media, of course, is a little bit different because one needs to be, uh, you know, a- accents need to be correct, but, but hacking is, is, is coming from foreign countries. It's uh, There are countries where the you know the, the U.S. can not prosecute. There are countries that will support uh, hacking as, as an infrastructure within their, you know, a, a profit center within the large corporations. Uh, you know, cyber gangs are out there. Uh, you know you spoke about india uh, Iraq Afghanistan, any place where they 've got technology they 've got they 've set up huge call centers and huge infrastructures. Uh, if you think about it and uh, security being a billion dollar industry, these folks are doing research uh, on next new hacking methodologies they 've got data centers that would put our data centers here, many of them did the same because of their complexity and sophistication
0: and so I mean although it is um I mean, really, those organizations are going to be targeting very, very large companies because the payoff is so much greater. Really, businesses of all size can fall prey to um, these kind of uh, techniques. Tips for business owners of all size. What should Um, they do to prevent um, these types of attacks being successful?
1: Uh, First of all, on on the social engineering side is, you know, gather up your staff, have have a lunch and learn, and and tell them about social engineering and what can happen. Most people will look up, and, you know, you can tell funny stories, funny because it happened to someone else, but people are not aware that social engineers are are, are out there. Uh, So have a lunch and learn, talk about social engineering. Uh, anybody who's got a, a, a website that does e-commerce or, or has any data below the website, they need to have a security scan on the website. They need to check for vulnerabilities, and they need remediation when those vulnerabilities are found. Uh, you know, it's not just Lockheed that's getting hacked. It's, it's small business as well because they will take whatever data that the, the criminals take, whatever data they can find and sell it or use it. Uh Encryption, uh, you know, encryption means, you know, encoding your databases and such. The best thing that can happen after a, a, a breach is for you to look up and say, you know, they, they breached our, our, our system. Fortunately, everything was encrypted. So you, you feel silly, but you, you, it, it's not deadly.
0: Got um, it. Um, there and, was also um, some conversations I, I've heard recently about mobile devices. Um, how are mobile devices sort of, Points of entry for potential hackers, and how do you protect data on your mobile
1: device uh, t- two parts there it's the, uh, the, the the biggest security push into mobile devices these days is is people downloading apps uh, that in, in fact are are, are malicious apps. Uh, it happens primarily in the Android market because apples is is good at protecting their their, their application source points. But if you think about loading the next version of Angry Birds or, 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 or some such game that, that has gone viral on the net, you don't know if that, that application is is sitting there just playing Angry Birds, or if, in fact, is every time you type in a keystroke is sending that back to someplace far away. So one right. needs to be really careful about applications on your on your mobile devices.
0: Absolutely um. You know, we've got a few minutes left. Um, I guess I, I'd like to open it up, you know, to you and just anything else that that you think small business owners should be aware of. They should be doing things. They should be reading or or staying on top of.
1: I, I think I, I think I spoke about the, the the most important thing that a small business can be thinking about is is in fact think about security in general. It is not anything on our radar we you know we 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 live in the midwest we we trust people, my <laughs> wife continues to leave her my wife continues to leave her purse on, on the pew at church because she knows no one is going to steal it, and which is probably the case uh um, but the the, the the trust issue is 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 we're not we're no longer working with people from the midwest we're no longer interfacing our websites are open to the entire world twenty four seven uh, and there are, there are folks with, you know, different uh, you know views on on, on stealing than, than we have here. So the the biggest thing a small business can be think about it is, is security and security in their environment. Uh, the second is, is you can never view your website as being too small for, for someone to hack. Uh, script kiddies are going to hack it. Uh, people are going to get your data. And professionals might hack it just because you've got a certain type of data you're looking for. Uh, the The... the Two most interesting small businesses that we worked with recently. Uh, one was a, a consortium of doctors, and they had uh, secured what they believe was secured uh, medical information about their patients. In fact, it wasn't secure, and if they hadn't gotten hacked, then there would have been a million dollars in fines there. Wow. Uh, Uh, You know, e-commerce. A lot of uh, small businesses do business over the Internet, and they they say, okay, I've I've got an outside firm that's doing e-commerce that collects credit cards, which is fine until your website gets hacked. And then when somebody hacks your website, they're exchanging that e-commerce link, which goes someplace good, to their own e-commerce. And instead of the good guys getting the credit card numbers, it's just the the, the, the hacking companies are, are, are collecting the credit card numbers on their own. So even though it doesn't sit on your site, if you point at someplace else, the the, the point my the, the redirection can kill you. Wow! And, and, and um, finally, uh, go how ahead.
0: does somebody check for
1: that? Uh, the well, you, you check for that by one needs to, and and, and again, difficult for for small businesses uh, to to periodically be looking at your website and see if any changes been made. Uh, how well, often? How a, often do you
2: need you know small business owners? Scarcely have time to to check the mail, let alone check their website and make sure it hasn't been hacked. How often should a good, vigilant small business owner be checking that
1: realistically? Uh, uh, Yeah, a a good security scan on a website and such type that should be done every six months or so just to make sure you're not entirely vulnerable. Uh, It needs to be done once to make sure you you start off with a a secure website and and then moving from there. And then people who, you know, have the skills can also look at websites. You know, it's the unfortunate thing of – you know, why do we need insurance? We need insurance when when things go bad, uh, even though you, you might not be able to afford it. Uh, you, you, you know, small businesses they they don't have the time, but they they need to invest in security, or else one of these days they're going to get eaten alive by a security breach that's going to either uh, ruin their reputation or steal data that that's going to cost them in, in, in huge fines.
2: Now, these are all great points but I think it's important to kind of kind of circle this back and remind people this isn't an excuse to be afraid. This isn't a reason to stay off the internet or stay out of e-commerce or not to build your website. Those things are still important. This is just something that you need to think about when you're looking for a web company, when you're thinking about maintenance to your site. This is just an additional layer just like you you know that you need to change the oil in your car every three months or three thousand miles. You know that every six months on your website you have to do a scan It's just good maintenance and it doesn't mean the thing isn't worth having. It just means there's something else that you got to do uh,
1: for for sure it's uh and as you said exactly, if we all thought about the dangers in the highway we wouldn't drive uh, <laughs> but the highway's <laughs> necessary. I, I
0: if I really thought about dangers in the outside world, I'd still be in bed with the blankets pulled over my head. But you're the most dangerous thing on the highway. <laughs> okay, that, that's probably true. Um, okay, so um, Alan, I know that um, this particular pro- you know this particular uh, project is, is um, near and dear to your heart. But you've got some other um, things that you do. Do you want to take just a quick half a minute to talk just briefly about maybe WDD Incorporated in general, or one of your other products.
1: For for sure, uh, WDD Inc. is uh, Velocity Delper, Davis Inc. Is, uh, is our software consulting company, and we do custom applications for for folks, either web applications or, or, or client-server applications. Uh, we've been writing applications for the last 18 years, and we cover the entire gamut of. Uh, you know, the entire gamut of of industries and technologies. Um, The addition to, uh, of security, just make sure that whatever product we produce for our clients at WDD, in fact, is a secure product. Uh, We we also uh, flirted a while back with, uh, we'd started a a few uh, software quality assurance software testing companies. We've sold that back to the, uh, or half back to, to folks in, in, you know, I, we, we started up a, a, a joint venture with a South African firm. We've sold that back, but but WDD still does represent, uh, you know, high-quality software, high-quality software quality assurance, software testing, as well as security. So okay. not only are we a soft uh, I apologize, go ahead.
2: Okay, um, we got to move on to our last section. It's been a, yeah. a, a thrill talking to you. We hope you'll stick on the line, but it is now time to bring in Stephen Shattuck
0: because um, we're going to switch gears, and um, the, as Stephen comes on, um, we're going to roll into the uh, half-baked marketing idea of the week. Stephen, I am going to warn you, if your suggestion is involved in any shape, manner, or form, hacking into somebody's computer, we're not going to do
3: it. Okay, and this one doesn't have beer either, which is, uh, I think, the first time for me since I've been doing this. I think you're no right. hacking. <laughs>
2: What is okay. this about, I have, I have literally, this is the least I've known about any of your ideas. What is going on?
3: Yeah. Okay, so last night, the Pacers uh, won their first playoff series in, I think, seven years. They beat the Orlando Magic, and they are probably going to play the Miami Heat in the second round of the playoffs.
2: Wait, we have a now, professional basketball team in Indianapolis?
3: Yeah, okay, so you see where this is going. So we're in the second round of the playoffs, and we're attendance is low, right? Uh, Bankers' I life should be me, full I for all these games. Yeah. So, how do we get people in the seats for this second playoff series against probably the Heat in a few days? We're going to have at least two home games, maybe more if we can steal a win or two from the Heat. So, I did some straw polling around the office this week, and two reasons why people don't go to Pacers games continually came up right, almost across the board on all demographics the people I ask. Number one, we don't have a superstar player, right? We don't have a LeBron James or a Derrick Rose or, like, a household name. And then number two, there's still sort of this leftover bad feelings about, you know, when we had that big brawl against Detroit and just people don't feel good about the team. You know, we had some bad personalities or whatever. So, my half-baked idea to get people into the seats against the heat in this series is why don't we invite Andrew Luck, um, the stars of the of the Fever, all the Indiana luminaries to come to the game? Not sit in you know the the the, the suites up top, but be put him in the, the stands. Stand? What's that?
0: Did you are you thinking you'll put them in the stands?
3: Absolutely. Jim Ursay. It wouldn't this is a perfect opportunity for Andrew Luck to to get out into the crowd and like really embrace his new city. So let's get these people in the stands and let's get the seats filled.
2: I think that's a fantastic idea. Right now anything with Andrew Luck, I mean, is is over the top. But I even love your idea of, of bringing in the fever who who really have seen such a groundswell of support in the past few years, Tamika catching yep. and some of some of the other really, really talented Female players there um, draw fantastic crowds for the WNBA. So obviously, it's not that people don't like basketball. I think you're right. It's all of these this lingering resentment from from yep. Ron Artest. I'm sorry, Meta World Peace, and all that
0: kind of thing. <laughs> it's keeping people from going back. I also really yeah. like the idea, um, and not just keeping it limited to to sports. I mean, we have celebrities yep. in all shapes and sizes in the city, yep. and um, almost you know, um, aim of it, um, not just, you know, the fact that you might be sitting next to one of these people in the stands, um, I saw something like a, uh, a scavenger hunt in, uh, Blooming, Blue- uh, uh, Broad Ripple. It was a photo scavenger hunt, and you had so much time, a couple of hours to wander around Broad Ripple and take so many pictures. Why not have a, uh, Half-time activity that puts people in the stands trying to get photographs of some of the celebrities. I'm not yeah. sure encouraging stalking is a great <laughs> idea. I don't know, but the then, I mean, the thing about it, people are taking photos, and the whole thing is they've got to take it and tweet it during the game. I think there's some severe logistical uh, issues <laughs> with that. Does um, anyone really have any
2: fun? I am the fun yeah. police. This is entirely true. Yeah, you fun. are. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I think this is a great idea. Did you have another half-baked marketing idea for bringing people back to the uh, field house?
3: Yeah, that's true. A photo scavenger hunt?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you, um, so what do you Alice okay, Allison has poo-pooed it, but what do you think?
3: Oh, I like it. I think it's fine.
0: Well, I would be fine if it weren't people. Well, but I, I think that's the whole point: is you're having, it's like you, weird Waldo. Yes, because you're, you're, um, you're uh, bringing the celebrities to the yep. game, and so people will come to the game for the chance to maybe sit next to one of the celebrities. But then are you making it too much about the celebrities and not about the people? I
2: mean, maybe the celebrities are what gets them in the door, but devoting halftime to stalking the celebrities instead of something related to that. Like, I know anything about basketball. But something related
0: to the game, (laughs) Well, is that not counterproductive? I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, look at the Super Bowl. Why why do you have um, Janet Jackson losing her top at a Super Bowl event? It's not about football. Well, because people are already there,
2: though. I mean, this is about rebuilding the fan base for the team, (laughs) whereas the Super Bowl
0: has no such issue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm sitting at home. Uh, maybe, Maybe I missed the promotion, um, of them being there at the first game and I see all this activity on Twitter and all these photos being shared, Yep. Um, wouldn't that create more buzz? And maybe, you know, you, uh, the other thing is um, maybe we get some former um, Pacers who we actually like, red um, and red. you know, to be in the stands as well.
3: And Reggie Miller, Detlef Schrempf, yeah, those all, all these guys need to be here. This is like the Indiana solidarity. Like, we're putting the past behind us from the last seven years of the Pacers. We're all in this together. Let's beat the heat.
2: So what other idea do you have?
3: That's my only one. I thought it would be. I thought it was a pretty big one.
2: <laughs> That's a pretty big one, and, and it's, it's interesting to see. You know, another thing that we could do is, and I've read some of these same articles talking about this attendance problem. They've been all over the news lately. And one of the things people say is that Indianapolis is too much a college and high school basketball town to really give. Right. One of the arguments people have been using is that they're too much of a college and, and high school basketball town to really give the Pacers much time. So what if we didn't bring in some of those superstars? We didn't bring in – the Butler men's team, if we didn't bring in um, you know maybe the Mr. Basketball whoever he may be he may be in sheep the the Miss basketball as well, What if we didn't bring those in of course blue um, everyone loves Butler blue at a game, so why not get right. those local teams involved and try to trade on some of that cachet
3: yeah i don't know what it is about the pacers I think with the 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 college and high school, like, you have the alumni base, right? So you have that crazy passion because you went to the school or there was some connection. But with a, a, an MBA team, there is no, like, alumni. Like, no one used to go to Pacers University or was a Pacer or whatever. So, yeah, it's it's odd. But you're right. I mean, all those people should be there.
0: I also think, and um, I remember, uh, you know, when the Colts get, you know, to the playoffs, um Companies have, you know, casual Blue Friday, and you can wear jeans yep. if you're wearing, mm-hmm. you know, cult colors. And maybe we try to get um, something like that going on. And, again, um, tying back into social, taking photos of yourself in paster Colors, taking photos, you know, yep. sharing that, um, and having pages on, you know, to engage the fans. Um, I think that's the thing that I don't see the, the Pacers doing right now is really engaging with their fans.
3: Yep, yeah. and crowdsourcing the content.
0: Absolutely. All right, Stephen. This has been um, another great half-baked marketing idea. Thank you so much. That was like and, three quarters. Um, I think
3: that was the most baked of any of them.
0: Well, uh, <laughs> that was that was fairly well baked. Yeah, I liked that. But we'll, we'll have you back next week. Um, okay. Again, I uh, want to thank Alan Wessick. Um, I think the conversation on web security was, was awesome. And uh, if you're interested in marketing, social media, web design, and other topics for small business, be sure to check out our blog at www.roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words,